0: Section 11 of The Court and Character of King James, whereunto is now added The Court of King Charles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Court of King Charles, Part 2 Foreign forces, and fraudulent and fair devices homespun, failing all, now must projects in all their variegated inventions be set on foot, to which sage, or rather rueful purpose, one noy, a very famous lawyer as ever this kingdom bred, and formerly a great patriot, and the only searcher of precedents for the parliaments, by which he grew so cunning as he understood all the shifts which former kings had used to get monies with. This man the king sends for tells him he will make him his attorney. Noy, like a true cynic as he was, for that time went away, not returning to the king so much as the civility of a thanks. Nor, indeed, was it worth his thanks i am sure he was not worthy of ours for after the court's solicitings had bewitched him to become the king's he grew the most hateful man that ever lived and it is to me a wonder that this parliament of wonders doth not enact a law that his very name should never more be in this kingdom he having been as great a deluge to this realm as the flood was to the whole world for he swept away all our privileges and in truth hath been the cause of all these miseries this kingdom hath since been engulfed. Whether you consider our religion, he being a great papist, if not an atheist, and the protector of all papists, and the raiser of them up unto that boldness they were now grown unto, who formerly had some moderation, or if you consider our estates and liberties, they were impoverished and enthralled by multitudes of projects and illegal ways. This monster was the sole author of all, but first now because there must be some great man as a captain projector to lead some on and and hearten others to follow sir george goring leads up the march and dance with the monopoly of tobacco and licensing of taverns setting some up where and as many as he pleased and this done by a seal appendicular to an office erected by him for that purpose as if authorised by a law besides all this he hath pensions out of the pretermitted customs insomuch as i have heard it most credibly reported that his revenue was nine thousand pounds per annum all of these kinds and for this piece of good service he was made a lord and privy councillor to countenance his train of projectors the better then did weston enhance the customs and laid new and heavier impositions on all things exported or imported with such unconscionable rates upon tobacco that millions of pounds of it lay rotting in the custom-house, the merchants refusing to pay the custom, besides loss of all other charges for the tobacco itself. In short, there was not anything, almost, that any man did eat, drink, or wear, or had in his house from foreign parts, or scarce any domestic commodities exempted, but he paid, as it were, an excise for it. Yea, at last, even cards and dice escaped not but they were monopolised by a great counsellor, the Lord Cottington. Yea, to keep their hands in Ewer, they got patents for the very rags, marrowbones, guts, and such-like excrements, as were thought of no use but to be cast on the dung-hills. And he was held the bravest Commonwealth's man that could bring in the most money. Yet the King's private purse or public treasury little or nothing bettered but to impoverish and vex the subject, and to no other end. For which he was ordinarily rewarded with honour. This good service, the quite contrary way, did Weston and Noy do for the king, and I believe you shall see God reward them and their posterity. For the one, like a Jonas Gourd, sprang up suddenly from a beggarly estate to much honour and great fortunes, will shortly wither. The other, his son and heir, was killed in France, presently after his death, and when both are dead, let their names and memory rot and be extinct from the face of the earth now doth buckingham provide for another foreign enterprise but carried so close i could never learn what it was nor did any wise men much inquire after it assuring themselves that such counsels could produce no better effects than those former In the beginning, yea, even at the very entrance thereunto, he did so stink in the nostrils of God and man, that God made one felton his instrument to take such a monster, as he was indeed, from his longer domineering amongst men, by a blow as fearful as strange, after which he had not time to say, Lord, have mercy on him. A just judgment on him that forsook God to seek to the devil by witches and sorcerers in his life. One whereof was Dr. Lamb, who was his great defensive preserver, as he thought him, whose fate it was to be brained by a shoemaker's last when he least looked for it. The other was stabbed the next morning, after that night he had caused a fellow to be hanged, not suffering him to have that night's respite after his sentence, and offence, whate'er it was, to repent him of his sins. With this vow, he would neither eat nor drink until he see him die god in requital of his merciless cruelty would neither suffer him to eat nor drink before he died by that dismal stroke of a poor tenpenny knife of the said felton's setting home thus near alike in time and manner were these two hellish agents catastrophes and now is set that great sun or rather portendous comet from whose influences all the officers and ministers had by reflection their life and heat After his death, the very name of a favourite died with him, none singly engrossing the King's ear and favour. But a regular motion was set to all officers, as appertained to their several places, as to the Archbishop, the management and chief superintendency of the Church, to the Lord Treasurer, the Exchequer and the Customs, to the Lords Keepers of the Great and Privy Seals, what belonged to equity, to the Judges, what belonged to law, so that one would have thought... All things now went so just and equal, and in their proper channel, as none but might now expect from that new and better government, Halcyon days. But it fared far otherwise. God being angry at the nation's sins, the general juggling of the state was one and a great one, all those procedures being but in appearance righteous, nothing really so. But like the apples of Sodom, fair in show, rotten and corrupt within. FOR NOW, INSTEAD OF THE LATE BUT ONE FAVOURITE, EVERY GREAT OFFICER AND LORD OF THE COUNCIL PROVED A VERY TYRANT, AND IT APPEARED THAT NOT THEIR VIRTUES, BUT THE FORMER FAVOURITE'S POWER ONLY DID RESTRAIN THEM FROM BEING SO. FOR THAT FALLING, TOGETHER WITH HIMSELF, AS YOU HAVE HEARD, AND THEY LEFT TO THEIR OWN arbitrary POWER, YOU WOULD VERILY HAVE BELIEVED THAT HELL HAD BEEN BROKE LOOSE. AND TO MAKE GOOD THAT METAPHOR, ONE OF THE COUNCIL BEING TOLD BY A GENTLEMAN, that the country was much troubled at a certain great grievance, replied, "'Doth that trouble them? By God, there are seven worst devils to be shortly let out amongst them.' And in sober sadness they all might truly have undergone the name of Legion, for they were all many devils, and, like true devils, took pleasure in tormenting. So that hereby may be perceived the kingdom in general had no benefit.' though some particular men as weston treasurer coventry lord keeper and all such as paid his beggarly kindred pensions which now were seized by this man's death whose purpose twas to have turned out of place both coventry and weston before his last intended voyage but now did weston begin to be more cruel in pride and tyranny than buckingham had been before him and had not the archbishop lord balanced him he would have been more insufferable. He cheated the king in the sale of timber and of land, and in the letting of his customs, the archbishop notwithstanding truly informing the king thereof. Weston was so mad at the thought of it, he would often say to his friends in private, that little priest would monopolise the king's ear, for he was ever whispering to the king. And now begin the council table, the star chamber, and high commission, To be scourges and tortures of the commonwealth by imprisonments and mutilations of members, and were made, some of them, by signings, the greatest incomes to the exchequer, and in truth did now put down the common laws deciding of Mayum and Tuum. And if any desiring to appeal from them refused to stand there to their censures, they were committed until they would submit thereunto. If men sent unto by them for money refused it, they would imprison them till they would give or lend and if any were summoned thither they had a mind to quarrel with in whom they could not find a fault they would make one by saying the gentleman laughs at us or the gentleman saith thus and thus it may be that he had not in his thought and yet there should not want a false witness for some lords that sat with their backs towards them or so far off that they could not hear yet would testify either the words or actions or for want of this a clerk of the council should be called to witness, who for his profit must swear what any lord said. If they hit not upon that trick, then sometimes they would contrive to put a gentleman into passion by calling him some disgraceful name, or by scoffing at him, so that indeed the council table was grown more like a pasquil than a grave senate. But if the spirit of the man were such that he could not take those indignities without some regret, It was well for him if he escaped with imprisonment, and not called Oretanus to the Star Chamber, and fined as many were to his undoing, for to that point were now the fines of that court risen. As for the High Commission Court, that was a very Spanish-like inquisition, in which all pollings and tyrannizings over our estates and consciences were practised, as were in the other over our estates and bodies then were the judges so much their servants, or rather slaves, that whate'er they illegally put in execution, they found law to maintain. But that which is a wonder above all wonders, is that Coventry, who formerly had gained the opinion of a just and honest man, was a principal in all these miscarriages, yet died he unquestioned. When had his actions been scanned by a parliament, in that they were not, you may see what opinion is, which in the multitude blindeth the understanding. He had been found as foul a man as ever lived. Finch, a fellow of an excellent tongue, but not of one dram of law, made for all that chief justice of the common pleas, the only court most learned in the law, yet he brought all the learned judges except two only, Hutton and Crook, to be of his illegal opinion for ship-money. This surely must be a punishment from God on them, and us for our sins, otherwise it had been impossible so many grave judges should have been overruled by such a slight and trivial fellow. Now also all officers in all places took what fees they pleased, as if in a jubilee. Amongst the rest, those of the star-chamber, the council-table, and the high commission were very grandees. Yea, the very messengers to them were countenanced in their abuse and insultings over the gentry, when in their clutches and to such a strange password as orders come unto that every lackey of those great lords might give a checkmate to any gentleman yea to any country nobleman that was not in the court favour and to fill full the measure of the time's abounding iniquity the court chaplains and others elsewhere with the reverend bishops themselves did preach away our liberties and proprieties yet kept they divinity enough for their own interests For, they concluded, all was either God's or the King's. Their part belonged to God, in which the King had no propriety. Our part belonged wholly to the King, in which we had propriety no longer when the King were disposed to call for them. So that, betwixt the law and the gospel, we were ejected out of lands, liberties and lives at pleasure. And now is God's time come to visit with his justice, and behold it. For the pit they digged for others, they themselves are fallen into. For all their honours, lands, and liberties are a gasping, and the judges are but in very little better case. For the Parliament will do that to them by the law which they would have done to us by wresting the gospel. But what needed all that joy for the death of Buckingham? Sith the times succeeding him have been so infinitely beyond him in all oppression as they are like to bring all manner of miseries both upon king and people so that in truth his hydra's head being struck down a hundred more instead thereof appeared which never durst in his lifetime and as he got much by suits so did weston much by cheating yet all came out of the subjects purses and coventry that so generally a reputed honest man got such an estate by bribery and injustice that he is said to have left a family worth a million which may commend his wisdom, but in no wise his honesty. And now also dies Western, after he had first brought in, as you may remember, I told you himself was by Cranfield, Sir Thomas Wentworth, after Earl of Strafford, the active manager of the state and sole governor of the king. This Strafford, without doubt, was the ablest minister that this kingdom had since Salisbury's time. And to speak uprightly, there was not any but himself worthy of that name amongst all the king's council. Yet I am confident, by the weakness of that board, his abilities in state affairs were judged more than they were. And besides, that very word of statesman was now grown a stranger to our nation. Nor was he, as Salisbury or our ancient heroes, a general statesman. Nor was it possible he should be, he not having that breeding himself nor kept he any upon his charge in foreign parts for intelligence nor had he such a tutor as the other had of his father who was the most absolute statesman in the world whose very papers which were left to this salisbury and served as so many rich precedents and instructors to him were able if wanting in abilities of his own to make him an able statesman but i held strafford's abilities to be more on this side than beyond the seas yet might he challenge the title of a good patriot. And so he did. he was before he turned to courtier. After that he converted his studies and endeavours to make the king an absolute arbitrary monarch, by screwing up the regal prerogative to so high a strain as hath made it crack, and by raising his revenues so high that he made them fall, in which also his own interest was concerned. For he did neither serve God nor the king for naught, nor would Strafford's abilities have been so transparent had any such concurrence as Buckhurst, Walsingham, or Hatton been now living, or such an one as the Earl of Essex, who was Salisbury's antagonist. But this man had only the archbishop, whose proper element too was but the church, and they drew both in one line. And here I shall give you one note of Strafford's failing in his masterpiece, that he was no such absolute wise man. That could not find the just medium of the people's temper but by striving to make the king all and on a sudden he made the king less and himself less than nothing and had he been wise he could not but find the king's spirit was not to undergo nor to go through with great actions but would fail under them and crush the owners which he to his lamentable experience hath found and felt too true besides i much doubt strafford's own spirit that seeing his wisdom was too short to protect him his spirit was so low to fail him that he did not like samson pull down the house upon others heads but fall like a tame fool himself alone caught in a gin and lay still without any fluttering when surely some others of the cabinet council were as deep as himself in any design you have here now seen a great subject yea, the greatest that ever our eyes beheld, that was no favourite, and greater in his fortunes than many favourites. You have also seen a king, the greatest that our nation ever had, both in prerogative power and revenues, and the most absolute over his subjects. The one fallen below the earth, the other so low upon earth, that I wish I could but see him in the same state his peaceable father left him, who kept his prerogative to the height without cracking it because he had able ministers and counsellors left, who were of Queen Elizabeth's stock. But this king's ministers strain all so high that the very ligaments and nerves of sovereignty are quite broken in sunder. I wish them well so again. But because if I write further I must tune to a much lower key, I will here end with my prayers. That God would give the king a wise counsel and an understanding heart to be able to give himself counsel what will be best for himself, his posterity, and the people committed to his charge. And that he may discern such as counsel him for their own private ends and interest, not for his honour and safety. And here do I draw a curtain betwixt the time past and that to come in this king's reign, desiring it may never be remembered to posterity. End of section 11.